Um, so I want to share some thoughts today. If you would extend grace to me, I will share some thoughts. These, these are not well put together because they were put together this morning. And, and we'll just see where it goes, eh? Because the Holy Spirit's here and at the end of the day, he's our great teacher. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like the cherry on the top. Anyway, so um, earlier this morning, I was thinking about our, our friend Glennis, and um, I, was, I was thinking actually about the first day I met her, and our first conversation, you know, and, and um, the discussion we have, and, uh, you know, it was usually about Trent, but I don't know her as well as a, a lot of other people here do, and, um, but, you know... It was always so pleasant to talk to her. This is, this is my story with her, you know. This is my interaction with her. She was always so kind and nice to me. And I loved our talks. And so as I was, as I was thinking about that this morning, um, I, I, started to remind, I started to be reminded about my late grandmother, and, um, who was really significant in my life. And... You know, it's, it's the little things, eh? like playing cards and um, making shots. Now, that can mean whatever you want. Um, you know, I got saved in her lounge on her couch. She was the one that prayed for me when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, unrelated to the shots. And, um, you know, so I've got these great memories and, and my thinking was like, then I started to think about my late father. And now my father passed away a few years ago. And, um, oh, shouldn't have gone there. And my grandfather, who was my dad's dad, he passed away 12 weeks before my dad. And so we had a bit of an interesting year. Crappy comes to mind, but... Um, You know, and I was thinking about my, grand, my other grandfather and then the man who led me to the Lord on my grand's couch. You know, he actually a few years ago went to be with the Lord. And, um, you know, I was recalling those who have been part of my history. And um, I actually just found myself grinning. I was just like this. Do you know when you can feel that you're grinning stupid? Have you ever had that? Like, all of a sudden these muscles, you just notice them. Hey, Cheryl. <laughs> ah. It's all about love. <laughs> and, and so I was just, this morning I just found myself grinning stupid and I was just like thinking about these funny things. I was thinking about those neat moments and I'm like, when we did this and when we did that, you know. And, and, and when we went up and we got, you know, we did that crazy thing. The stuff that we did together. And I, and I started to think about the people in my present. This is just my train of thinking this morning. I started about thinking about people that in my life right now, and I was thinking about my wife, who's pretty amazing. You know, and this November we'll be married 15 years. Yeah. And she did well, eh? In that far down. And, and, yeah. <laughs> It all really depends on the lens that you view what I just said through, you know. 
but it's been, if I look back at our journey, it's been flipping crazy. It's been, you know, we've done awesome things. And, and my daughter, Jess, she's coming up 12 next month, and it's just like, it's just like, man, I've, had, I've been able to do life for 12 years with this amazing woman of God, you know, and she's probably my greatest teacher, this young woman of God, you know, she's my greatest teacher, she's taught me so much, um, especially when she's a little, really about the father's heart, you know. She's one of my greatest teachers. You know, I was thinking about my family, who I just got to spend, you know, part of this weekend with. And, um, you know, this, this, this family here, you guys are part of my present family, you know? You might find that a good thing or, you know, an interesting thing. <laughs> but it's exciting anyway, isn't it, that we get to be a family and see lots of th- strange, interesting things happen. And then I started thinking about my fifth form math teacher. And I realized this is what happens when your, your brain's deprived of sleep. You start thinking about mass teachers. And, um, but he taught us some really interesting stuff. He taught us the curriculum so that we could do a test. But then he said, just remember this for tomorrow. You'll never use it again. And then he said, now we'll get onto the stuff that you'll use for the rest of your life. And, and you know, he, he, was, he invested into us. And I remember actually a few years ago, I actually, um, I was thinking about him. I thought, I should try and look him up. And so I Googled him, and I found him. And I sent him an email. And I said, hey, you probably don't remember me. And I just wanted to thank you for what you did for me. And fifth form, mass. Never took mass again after that, but it was great. And, and it was just like, he, he replied and said, oh, I don't remember you. That's all right. He would have had thousands of students. <laughs> yeah, I think you're sitting in the wrong seat. I ain't meant to the one in the back. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, he says that, but then he goes, I'm not surprised that you contacted me because lots of people actually find him years later and thank him. And I thought, wow. And what I found out why I found him is I, I found him because... He's a hardcore core Christian, man. He's like full on into intercession, and he wrote a book about the Song of Solomon, which is how I managed to find him so easily. And I'm like, man, even back then, you know, there's just something contagious, eh? You know, it was just who God was in him leaking out into us kids. And so, why am I sharing this? Why am I sharing this? It's, it's, it's because all these people, there's a diversity of relationship and connection. You know, from a son, the way I relate to my father, to a husband, the way I relate to my wife, the, to, to being a father, the way I relate and communicate and connect with my daughter, from being a student, to being a relative, to being a friend, to even being an acquaintance. Um, even people we don't know impact our lives. You know, think of um, like Bill Johnson. You know, I don't know him personally. I don't have him on speed dial. You know, so it's just like, but he has had an influence and an impact in my life. There is a, a type of connection, a type of relationship there, you know. And so um, it's in this diversity of relationship that there's, this, excuse me, this amazing collection of unique stories.
happening. And this big diversity pool of relationships and interconnection, there's all these unique stories happening and, and, and that have taken place in our, in our past, but there's also stories that are taking place right now between us. You know, and stories that weave together, they're like fabric in our lives. If you think of the way that fabric is made, you know, it's all woven together. And um, often those threads that weave together are like the bonds by which love gets to travel between us. You know, and it, it influences the people we become. It, it shapes the way that we see. You know, if, it, it can put into motion what we achieve in life. You know? Right now, you're probably thinking of people and stories that add value to your life. Right now, you're just happen to be staring at one. (laughs) People that shape your life in some way. Amen? Aren't they worth appreciating? Isn't it worth just looking at? And these relationships, they change, don't they? They change as we go through the seasons in life. They shift and they move. And you find things such as quantity of time or quality of time together and, and connecting changes. You know, graphically, graphical distances. You know, moving to different parts of the world. And all these dynamics change our relationships. They change, they, they change the dynamics of the stories that we're, 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 we're living out with each other. You know, and you know, I think about for the, 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 the 11 and a half years I think I've known Trent. And for most of that time, we lived in different parts of the country. And we had a great relationship. But now it's been tested, we know that wasn't why we had a great relationship, because now we're in the same place. But the dynamics have changed, but this, this relationship uh, is actually just going to deeper places and it's growing. The story's changed a little bit, but the relationship's still there. You know, having been in Tauranga with my, my mum, you know, and, my, and my, my sister and niece and stuff, and we got together, we were celebrating and even in that, the dynamics for me were different because, you know, I'm one of four kids. And, and so my brother couldn't be there because he's now in a different country. My other sister lives further away, and so it wasn't going to work. And so the way we celebrated was really different. The way we were communicating was like through FaceTime. You know, it was all digital, you know. But there was still stories being written together this weekend between my siblings and, and my mom. We're writing stories together. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, is this making sense? The, the Apostle Paul, um, he grew up in a city called Tarsus. And Tarsus was an interesting city. It had a, a, a kind of a, a very old history. And it's a city that's, you know, full of politics and culture and... and um, philosophy and industry. You know, we know that tent, uh, Trent, uh, Paul, that's his name. We know that Paul was a tent maker, right? So he was doing the family business. So there was industry going on there. And, you know, for, for Paul, for, for a Jew to live so far away from Jerusalem, because I think Tarsus is somewhere like in 
the corner of Turkey nowadays somewhere. And um, for, for, for a Jew to live that far away from Jerusalem was significant because it, it meant that they, they, grew a lot, they grew up a long way from the temple. The temple was the center of their connection to God, if you were a Jew. And so the temple itself was the place where heaven and earth met. So you could imagine if you lived a long way away and you're a long way from this place that was the whole center and core of your connection with God, the place where heaven and earth met, you know, you would, you would, it, would, it would seem strange, wouldn't it? And so what they would do is, if they lived a long way from the temple, is that they would relate to the Torah or the, or the scriptures as, 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 um, as like a mobile temple. And so the Torah became, if you didn't live in Jerusalem, the Torah became the place where heaven and earth collided. It's good news in the new covenant, that's you and me. That's a good thought right there. And so Paul, Paul grew up in this multicultural, multi-God environment. But in the middle of that environment, which was really diverse, totally opposite to the Jewish faith, Paul's part of a household that observes strict Jewish custom. You know, and the influences of his family, the ones that he's doing life with, they ingrain into him a passion and a zeal for the law of God. And then Paul gets sent to Jerusalem to study under a a well-known rabbi. And somewhere maybe when he was between 12 and 16 or something, this happened, who knows. And so he gets sent to Jerusalem to study under a well-respected member of the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin is like a court, like a supreme court that's made up of Pharisees and Sadducees. And, and the guy's name was called, I'm going to say this wrong, Gamalel. Gamalel? It's close enough. And so we get an idea about the, the character of this rabbi, this teacher who became a mentor to Paul in Acts 5. And... In Acts 5, the story, the story continues that the, the, the teaching of Jesus had, had been spreading amongst people. And the leaders wanted to kill the disciples because this isn't the news that they wanted to be spread. But then we see this, this, this mentor of Paul stand up in the assembly. A well-respected man among his peers. And in Acts 5.35 he makes this proclamation. He says, men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. And he starts to share stories about other men that, that, that rose up and, and took on followers. And, 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 you know, and then he said, and these guys amounted to nothing. When they, when they perished, which is a nice way of saying they probably got killed, you know, when they perished, it, their followers kind of dissipated. It, it came to nothing. And then he carries on later on. He says, For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Wow. Or else you may be found fighting against God. This is a high-ranking teacher in the Jewish faith saying this. You know, what this speaks to me is that there is some sort of wisdom and patience that this rabbi had. You know, if you read between the lines, I just see like the man who is incredibly wise. And this is the guy who mentors Paul. 
And I think it's significant in adding attributes into the life of Paul. On his journey. And of course we know about Paul and his road to Damascus experience. He encounters Jesus. Who knows that's definitely a significant event in your story. And you know then we see all these different stories and events taking place. And they all weave together. And all of these things influence Paul. They all have an effect on, on Paul or adding to his story. And it, and it really, for me, it explains so well how he can, he can Paul, Paul can be so well established on Jewish foundations. This is a, a crazy thing. He is so well established on Jewish foundations. And yet at the same time, Paul is able to communicate Paul is able to debate, and he's able to influence Gentile and and the pagan world. Isn't that amazing? He's able to unpack a Jewish Messiah for the rest of the world to understand, to receive and to find life. And, you know, if you think it back, it's all these things that added to the life and the journey of Paul that allowed him to to fulfill the the mission and the commission that God had put on his life. And that's been good news for us. Amen? He wrote most of the New Testament. He created much of the theology that we have. Because of all those life experiences, because of the people that he had in his life that were speaking into him, that were adding to him because of all these stories that he created in his journey. I was um, thinking about David and Goliath too, and imagine you're one of the soldiers in the Israel Israeli army, you know, and Goliath standing there, and you're hiding in fear in the hills. And this young boy, so you're watching, there's a giant there, and he's, you know, fee-fi-fo-thumb, and, and, and you're watching, afraid to do anything, and this scrawny little kid walks up to him. And he's got a sling. And he's not scared, and, you know, he just says, you know what, God, your time's come. You don't just stand against any army, you're standing against God. And I think sometimes, you know, he, he then, imagine if you're, you know, you're a soldier watching this. David then kills the giant with one blow from his sling, you know. And then he cuts off his head with the, with the giant's own sword. And I think sometimes we read these events in the Bible like we're watching a movie. But imagine, like, literally being there. There's a whole lot of events that led David to that moment. Who knows that? And he shares about some of that in his story. But I'm kind of interested what it meant for the soldiers watching this. I was kind of thinking from a different angle. What did it mean to be a soldier and watching this crony little kid turn up and do that? Could you imagine being on the battlefield that day and then at night going home to sit down and have supper and your wife says, 
how was work today? <laughs> you know, it's just like, um, yeah. I'm actually not sure what happened. <laughs> we, might, we might not all be killing giants and cutting off their heads, which would be kind of an interesting thing for the church to be doing, but, um, but each of us is doing something that influences the people around them. Amen? You know, negatively or positively, hopefully positively. What, what if we became really aware of the story our lives told? Imagine that. What if we actually realized that people are watching us? Did anyone eat pie last night? <laughs> Who's a, like those family pies? Who had pie? Put your hand up. Brownies, no, that's not pie. But brownies for dinner seems like a good idea. Um, okay, if you, you know, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you did have pie, come and see me afterwards. I don't want to know if there's any left over. I just want to share something with you. Yeah. Just a word of knowledge. That was good pie. Yeah, no. Okay, so if that's you, come and see me afterwards, please. What if we became aware of the story our lives told? You know, if you're a parent, that's huge. You get Apostle Paul making this comment. He says, "Um, imitate me, follow me. And I was thinking about that, and we kind of touched on it in the Philippians series we did at KSO2. It's like, I don't know if I'd had the boldness to say to someone, follow me, be like me, do as I'm doing. But I love the fact that Paul also adds, but you know what, I'm not fully mature yet. But yet at the same time, he's got this boldness to say, do as I'm doing. He's not saying, follow my mistakes, you know. He's saying, think like me, live like me. But at the same time, he's saying, learn to think like I'm learning to think. You know, learn to live the way I'm learning to live. Paul had this confidence that he was an influence, you know. And so he's like, the way that I live, follow me. Like, wow, I don't know if I could do that. What if, what if we steward well the things that are happening around us? You know, if you think about the children of Israel, they wandered through the desert for 40 years. But, you know, they allowed their, their rumblings and their grumblings and their complainings to, to become bigger than the things that they were experiencing of God being right there with them. You think about some of the things they experienced. Could you imagine being there like the whole Egyptian army is after you and you've come to a river? And then some old guy with a big beard and a robe spreads out his arms and the river just parts. See, if you're, there was a lot of people there. If you were down the back of the queue, you'd have no idea what's happening. You'd just be following them and all of a sudden you see walls of water either side of you. You'd be like, what the flip just happened? 
he walked on dry ground. Could you imagine being guided by a cloud in the day and a fire at night? Could you imagine your clothes never wearing out? Could you imagine like just food appearing in the desert? Imagine being there when Jesus was being beaten. When Jesus was being whipped. And then watching him. Imagine being in the crowd and watching him carry his cross, this heavy cross, to his place of death. Imagine thinking you don't know what's going on. I think that on the cross there we see someone who was stewarding that circumstance really well. And that's the thief on the cross near Jesus, you know. What does Jesus say to him? Today you're going to be with me in paradise. And then just to watch him love, to watch Jesus love even until the moment he died. Man, that's got to wreck your life. And then it gets weird. It gets really weird because, you know, Jesus is resurrected. A little bit later in John 20, verses 19, it says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were, were um, meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. That's a really bold church right there. And then Jesus was standing there amongst them. Whoa. And he says, peace be with you. And he said, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Imagine being locked in that room for fear. And Jesus just appears and says, this is what they did to me. Have a look. Wow. What did it do to them? It filled them with full of joy and fear. Joy and the, the Lord, not fear. Fear of the Lord? I don't know. These are life-changing moments, amen? These are world-changing moments. But then I like to think about there's, there's moments between these huge events. These are huge events, right? But these huge events are, you know, they're obviously significant. But what about when Jesus and his followers were walking down the lane, you know, they were going to their destinations. They were going between towns. Think about that. They're going to their next destination. They're going to have a conversation, right? This is, this is the time with Jesus without the miracles. Hanging with Jesus. Just friendship, doing life together. Wow. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Imagine Jesus asking Peter, Hey, did you catch the game on Sunday night? You know? Or, you know, they're sitting around the campfire in the middle of their journey and they're just sharing kosher family recipes. You know? These are the little things that happen between the big things, right? But they're significant. All of this stuff is significant in building these stories with each other. These are... All amazing moments taking place. These are the stories that are that are woven together, forming this big picture. And as believers, we're part of a big picture. We're part of a big picture. You're you're 
You're woven into a big picture. You know, this, the Bible is an amazing collection of stories of individuals, of communities, of, of nations doing life, living life, and they collectively tell us a, the story of stories. It tells us the story of how much God loves us. You know, it tells us the story of how much we're worth. It tells us the story of how much we matter. It tells us the story of how humanity has been called to significance. And in the middle of that story, the, the big picture story, there's all these little stories throughout Scripture, eh? That just, some of them are kind of little random pop ups. This person did that, and that's all it says, and it carries on. But that story mattered enough that God included it. All those little things matter. It's ultimately all that's going on is the story of our good father. You're you're part of someone's story. What a privilege, eh? You're part of someone's story. You're adding to their journey. You get to add to their journey. Let's stand, eh? Isn't it a great thought to be part of this journey, you know, this, this story? And sometimes we just focus on the big things that happen, but it's the little things that actually also matter that are part of the story. You know, today is Father's Day. And um, if you're in a position to share with your father today, do that. I want to encourage you, share some stories that celebrate something that appreciates them. Share some memories that you've got, just even the little things. And let them know how they added to your life. Or if you're a father and... and, um, you know, share with a child or a grandchild a story of someone who influenced you. Because when you do that, that story then influences someone else. It adds to someone else's journey. The testimony is powerful, amen. Father. Right now, we just thank you for the big things that happen. And we thank you for the small things that also happen. We thank you for people that have been influential in our lives. We thank you for those that have deposited things in our lives. And we thank you that that has added to to, and helped shape who we are today. That, That we are also people of influence. That we're also adding to the lives of others. And that we're also shaping other people's stories. What a privilege and what a joy to be part of this big picture.
Father, I bless everyone here that we would be so mindful of the story that we're creating together and cherish and value what each one of us brings to the table, just like Glennis did for us, just as Glennis did for us, Father. Let us be really mindful. And let us take the time that we have to be able to encourage people and bless people and thank people for how they've added to our journey. Amen. Thank you, Father.